You're listening to the Joy Farmer Podcast, Episode 7. If you want to experience more joy in your everyday, create space to grow and raise all of your farm dreams, and fully honor who you are and what you value, then this podcast is exactly where you want to be. I'm Bev Ross, and I cultivate joy on my farm in the most surprising of places, and I can help you do the same. Welcome to the Joy Farmer Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to the Joy Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Bev Ross. How are you doing today? No, really. How are you feeling? Was your automatic response to say, great, or fine, or maybe just okay? That is totally normal, and that is our normal response when somebody asks us that question. But today, we're going to talk about finding joy in how you really feel. And specifically, what I really want to talk about is why we need to be recognizing and honoring how we feel and the different ways that I do this for myself. So before we get started, this episode is not intended to be a replacement for real professional mental health help. I just want to say that. We're going to mainly focus on feelings and different ways that I have honored my feelings, but there are tons and tons of different ways to do this. And the ways that I do this for myself may not necessarily work for you and your situation. So If at the end of this episode, you're feeling like this didn't really help you, I highly recommend that you seek out a professional that has more tools in their tool belt that can help you with honoring your feelings in a way that feels genuine and authentic to you. So I want to let you know right off the bat that even if your feelings aren't all positive, you can find joy in how you're really feeling. Because pretending like you feel a certain way simply to make people more comfortable or because you're afraid that the way that you're feeling is quote unquote bad is not going to help you on your joy journey. But, you know, that automatic response, like great or fine or just okay when someone is talking to us in small talk, like I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with that. But when our real friends or our partner or our kids or other members of our family ask us how we're doing or ask us how we're feeling and the answer is not great, then it's okay to tell them how you're feeling and why. And you really should, um, because that's how we cultivate really deep relationships with people that we're close to. That whole like great or fine or just okay is really meant to fill in the gap for small talk. There is joy to be found in honoring uncomfortable emotions, feelings, and moods that are labeled negative. Because If we're being real, things cannot be positive all the time, and you can't always have a positive response in every situation. 
doing this is actually known as toxic positivity. And it's not something that is sustainable or even really attainable. So bearing our uncomfortable or negative emotions is just not going to be the way that we can cultivate a life full of joy. So before we dive in, let's define the difference between emotions, feelings, and your mood. So emotions are a natural, instinctive state of mind as a result of your circumstances, mood, or relationships with others. So in other words, your emotions are the things that kind of well up inside you when something happens. And because it's instinctual, we don't necessarily have control over this initial welling up. And our feelings are the conscious experience of your emotional reaction. So you feel this feeling kind of welling up inside you, and your feelings are how you experience whatever that is that's kind of churning in there and coming up to the surface. And your mood is how you express how you're currently feeling and the behavior that you exhibit because of those feelings and emotions. So they're all connected and they all affect you differently. And it's important to know that emotions are instinctual because sometimes we feel like we have to like get control of our emotions or tamp down our emotions, like especially when they're things that make other people uncomfortable. But we don't necessarily have control over that really initial, that initial feeling that starts to well up inside of us. But we do have control over how we end up exhibiting that in the long term and honoring our feelings and accepting our feelings and realizing that they are normal and they are okay is a great way to finish working through them and let them dissipate. And perhaps the next thing, something like that, that really pulls one of those really big reactions out of you normally, you can kind of sit back and think to yourself, well, maybe this wasn't you know, worthy of such a reaction or such a strong feeling after all. And you can move forward and heal from whatever that is. So this topic is one that's incredibly personal to me because I've spent a lot of my life hiding my feelings. I was the kind of kid that always had trouble regulating my emotions. So that means that I was the kind of kid that overreacted to everything. Like someone told me, no, it was immediate tears. And there was just literally nothing I could do about it. I have vivid memories of this. And it's starting from when I was really young. So I learned early on that my feelings were uncomfortable. They were uncomfortable to people that didn't really know me or know that that was the way that I was going to respond. And long story short, this kind of led to me bottling up a lot of my feelings and emotions. And what would happen when I did that is eventually I would full on explode when they became too much which is incredibly unhealthy, both physically and mentally. And that's according to a series of studies that have been done over the past few decades. And in fact, a 2013 study done by the Harvard School of Public Health and the University of Rochester showed that people who bottled up their emotions increased their chances of premature death from all causes and increased their likelihood of being diagnosed with cancer. So in a nutshell, keeping our real feelings inside, we are risking our health and our lives, literally. And in the short term, 
suppressing your feelings puts physical stress on the body. So that means that you can go into a physical stress reaction, which isn't healthy physically or mentally. And in the long term, this kind of leads to issues with memory, aggression, anxiety, and depression. And you put yourself at risk for having complete outbursts. Like I just mentioned, I used to have a lot of. And totally overreacting to something um, doesn't exactly make us feel great or joyful. I've done this. It feels really awful. And then because I am currently suppressing my feelings, the target of my outburst doesn't really get a proper explanation or apology. And then that cycle starts over again. But then I have that added layer of embarrassment or shame or a damaged relationship, which is incredibly unfortunate. So how can we honor how we really feel? It's tough because if you don't typically recognize your own emotions or share them with others, it can feel really awkward and extra difficult when you first start out. But with time, it'll be something that kind of comes to you naturally or becomes automatic. So I am working on this with myself and the progress that I've seen has been really promising. So I'm hoping that you can have a similar path if you're like me and have bottled up your emotions for, gosh, decades now. (laughs) So here are the five ways that I am imperfectly honoring my own feelings and how I'm working to get better at it. And I genuinely hope that they inspire you to find ways that allow you to express and honor your own. So the first one is I name them, either in my head or out loud to someone I trust or by writing the situation out, um, maybe in a journal or on a piece of paper. Uh, I prefer physical writing personally. I don't do a lot of typing, um, but that is... I I find that by writing it out, I get about the same benefit as sharing it with someone I love. And here's the thing about naming your emotions that I want you to know. When I was new to recognizing that I was having an emotion that wasn't positive, I really struggled to describe them. And I was also really likely to water them down and misdirect the feeling. And this struggle still gets me when it's something that really triggers my fight or flight. I'll give you an example. Uh, Recently, I ended up getting a pretty gnarly hand injury from the donkeys. And when I went inside to tell Jared what happened, I just blurted out that the effing donkeys were terrible and they hated me and I was never going to be able to train them to hike properly and like went on and on. And anyone that knows me and anyone that has been following my donkeys knows that none of those things are true. But this statement actually masked what I was really feeling with anger. So what I really should have said and what was the truth was that I was afraid that this happening meant that I was bad at keeping my donkeys and that this injury had me worried about being able to complete and finish some immediate farm tasks that I knew needed to get done, like planting the garden. So I was hurt and scared, but defaulted to anger because I thought that anger was more palatable or perhaps maybe a a better response to something like that. And in this instance, I tried to fix that by rewording what had happened. And if I had written it down instead of telling someone about it, I would have rewritten the story again until I felt like I got the facts right and felt emotionally aligned to it. So 
that is just one way that I have kind of course corrected after I've realized that I've named my feelings and not necessarily named them appropriately because that totally can happen. Because one of the things is in order to honor our feelings, we really can't hide them from ourselves. Our emotions are our body's instinctual response to the situation, like I mentioned earlier, and our feelings are how we express that. And putting a name to them has the potential to diffuse them, especially in really raw situations, which could allow you to step back and kind of process them a little better. And I find for myself that it also lightens the mental burden that they cause. All right, number two, raw expression. Sometimes you just have to let the tears flow or expend some energy. After that situation with the donkeys, I sat in the pasture and I cried for about 30 minutes and I felt a lot better afterwards. Sometimes when I'm feeling angry or really sad or upset, I'll go for a bike ride or I'll do a really intense yoga sequence. The idea here is that once you release the energy, you have completed the stress cycle brought on by the intense emotion. Uh, My friend Sam and co-host of the podcast We Drink and We Farm Things, she likes to yell and flip the goose and duck pools when she gets really angry. So you can find different ways to express your emotions that validates how you feel and allows you to work through them and allows you to complete that stress cycle. That will allow you to get back to baseline and you can kind of finish processing them so you don't have to keep ruminating on them. Number three is centering. So to center myself, I breathe deep and I take stock in how every part of my body is feeling physically. To start, I like to take a four-second breath in through my nose, hold it for seven seconds, and then exhale everything out through my mouth for eight seconds. It's called 478 breathing, and it is a well-known way to relax or induce sleep. I use it to bring myself back to the present when emotions feel really overwhelming or I don't really know where to start. Then I breathe in and out while I'm checking in with each and every part of my body. Like I start at my toes and I just kind of work my way up. And while I'm doing this, I will relax areas that seem extra tense. Sometimes it's my chest or my jaw or my neck or my fists. Sometimes it's my stomach. Sometimes you can feel different parts of your body clenching in and holding energy. And when you release them, it kind of lets you relax and lets your body and your mind just kind of work through things a little better. Number four is I go to my quiet space and reflect. Now, everyone deserves to have a place that they can retreat to to work out their feelings. Everyone. And this is especially important if you find that your partner or your kids can kind of wind you up when your emotions are raw. They don't do it on purpose. It's just that sometimes we can end up playing off of each other when emotions are really high and people are upset. And we really just need to reset, essentially. So your quiet place can change with the seasons Or you can have a few so that there's always a place to retreat to and kind of get some alone time to work through and get, you know, back down to baseline. And my favorite places to retreat to include my own room. I also really love the garden, especially in the summertime and the fall. The pasture with my arms wrapped around a donkey is 
always a great place to kind of reset and have a little bit of quiet time. The donkeys are really, really great partners when it comes to expressing emotion. They can kind of sense it. And honestly, they just kind of come to me when they can tell that I need it. And they just like rest their heavy heads on your shoulder and kind of like come in for the hug. It feels really comforting. It's almost like setting like a weighted blanket on your chest. And sometimes my quiet place is leaving and going on a hike or even just like walking around the whole perimeter of the pasture or the farm. It's a really nice way to have some quiet time and also expend some energy. So I'm kind of getting myself back to baseline on two different areas. But once I'm in my quiet place, I just listen to the sounds around me. Sometimes I go through my four, seven, eight breath cycle. Sometimes I do a body check-in, but it's really just about getting a chance to kind of breathe and reflect and think without any extra distractions. And number five, the last one, is recognizing when my feelings have caused me to react inappropriately and then going and apologizing Sometimes my feelings are so strong, I react to them in the moment by like yelling or saying something I don't really mean. And usually the person that receives that wasn't really the cause of my emotional outburst. And I can't take it back. And when I drag another person down with my mood and my words, I honor how I'm really feeling by talking to them again and acknowledging the wrong and the hurt that I caused. I typically explain what I'm really feeling. I put better words to it. I tell them why I'm feeling that way. And I am truly remorseful for the misguided expression of it. Now, this practice um, is a practice and I am getting better at it with time Uh, For me, I use these moments as opportunities to show my kids that it's okay to express your feelings and make mistakes while we do it. Um, And I also use it as an opportunity to show them that when we make a mistake, we can fix it sometimes. You know, a lot of people like to use that broken plate analogy as, you know, some mistakes can't be fixed. And and that's very true on some levels for some things. Um, But a lot of the mistakes we make aren't really emergencies, don't really deserve the overreaction that we give them, and can just show people that mistakes are normal. So that's what I try to use those situations for. And I want to note that this advice for apologizing when someone has, you know, become the target of your emotional outburst doesn't apply to standing up for yourself or something that you know to be right when you're standing up for another person. You absolutely should make other people be aware and feel uncomfortable when their actions invade your emotional well-being or the emotional well-being of someone else. And you never need to apologize to them for calling them out on that. And they don't get to tone you, police you on how you do that either. So don't even worry about that. That's not what that advice is intended for. It's more for when, you know, we're having a really bad day and then our partner asks for something and then we just like totally blow up about, you know, you ask me so many questions and you can never figure out how to do it right yourself. And you realize like, that's not really fair. That's not the way to respond to something like that. And then you talk about, you know, why your day was long or hard and, 
answer their question if you got mad because somebody answered asked you a question <laughs> and then go through the apology and just kind of fix it and start over and it's it's just a great way to really build a relationship on trust and honesty and you're being truthful to the people that you love about the way that you feel. You're not putting on a mask. You're not trying to pretend like everything is great when it's not on the inside. And sometimes just getting those emotions and those feelings on the outside gives you the opportunity to really reflect on them and decide if you need to keep carrying them around because sometimes you don't. There's a lot of things that we can let go. So your emotions and your feelings are valid even if they are understood by everyone around you. But processing the emotions and feeling them rather than hiding them, we can better find what triggers them and remedy those triggers for longer-term joy and peace rather than bottling them up and bursting them all out on occasion, all at once in a really, really big overflow of emotion. Because one of the things that you might discover by starting a practice like this is you might discover that you need to set some boundaries with family or friends or maybe even your own farm. And you might find that maybe you aren't fulfilling a physical need. And now that you're sitting in it, you can recognize that and take care of it. Sometimes we're just tired and hungry. (laughs) And we just need a break or we need a snack. And we can feel better after that. Sometimes our emotions get really heavy and they keep popping up as being really negative because of a negative story from the past that we keep retelling ourselves. And When we can sit in that and think about it, maybe we can face that and rewrite that negative story. So we can remedy some situations that end up causing really overwhelming negative emotions to swell. And it's important to know that we cannot prevent them all. Sometimes crappy things just happen out of nowhere and we have every right to be upset about them. So remember, no matter what your current feelings are or how you're working through them, We can all benefit from a professional to talk to. So don't hesitate if you feel like you need to do that. It's really important that we honor our feelings. We talk about our feelings. We are honest about our feelings with ourselves and the people that we love. And I truly hope that you found this episode helpful and let me know if you've been bottling up your emotions also. It's nice to know that We aren't alone in some of the things that we do, uh, especially if we feel like we're the only people that do them and then continue to downward spiral that negative feeling because of that. So that is it for today. Uh, The show notes for this episode are over at joyfarmerpodcast.com slash zero seven. There are links to some articles that I pulled a little information from just to confirm that the way that I was doing things had not been like debunked by science or anything. Um, But some of these articles might give you some other ideas as well besides the five that I use for myself. And until next time, farm what brings joy. Thanks for listening to the Joy Farmer Podcast. You can find links to everything we discussed today in the show notes over at joyfarmerpodcast.com. And don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at joyfarmerpodcasts.